Welcome back to the Wishing You All podcast. We are your hosts, Amy and Catherine, and we are so excited to be here again with you each week talking about a different area of wellness. We are discussing all things wellness to hopefully help you put the pieces together to figure out what a full and well life looks like for you. Yes. So we're going to work through our reactivity TV segment first, then we'll get into our main topic of the day, which is adult friendships. Uh, maintaining them, making friends, uh, outgrowing friends, and friend breakups. A lot of these areas can be really, really tricky as an adult. So we're gonna st- we're gonna go through them step by step, and hopefully um, help you in each of these different areas. And then we will wrap up with our self care menu, mm-hmm. and yeah, talk about what we're each having this week. Yes, reality, reality, reality. therapist perception. Okay. Reactivity TV. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar yet, uh, Reactivity TV is where our therapist perception of reality TV. So we are talking about Bachelor in Paradise, uh, specifically the last two episodes, and we're going to talk a little bit about some things that we pulled away from it from this therapist perspective. Yes, right. And so I was trying to remember... We're talking about episodes two and three or yes. three and four? Um, well, two and I, I guess it's two and three, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, it's good. That's confusing. <laughs> it is confusing. This past Monday and Tuesday. Yes, this past Monday and Tuesday. Um, they are really jam-packing our October to make sure that we have all the Bachelor in Paradise content. Um, and so, yes, we're talking about, I believe it's episodes two and three, Monday and Tuesday of the week of October 3rd. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you're not familiar with the show, you can still hang in. We're going to talk about, as Catherine said, like our therapist pers- perspective and perception of what we're seeing on, on reality TV. And the reality is that they are still human beings. They are navigating through pretty intense relationships. And so... There is still a lot to be learned here and things that can be like taken out and applied to the actual real world and navigating dating and relationships, uh, particularly today. Yeah. No, and I think that that's the, a big takeaway that I've heard from a lot of listeners is that they're thinking that uh, or like, they might be people that aren't watcher uh, viewers of the of bachelor franchise things like we are uh, but they're still getting a lot of things out of it so mm-hmm. you might you might find that too um and also i've heard a lot of people that want to get into it after so yeah sorry for luring you in <laughs> it's a trap <laughs> okay well do you want to kick us off with your moment or or something that stood out to you this week yes so I, it like bothers me to <laughs> to have to talk about this because not 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 the topic, but that it's the same couple that I was talking about last week. I had the same reaction. I, I know where I you're was going. Annoyed. I was annoyed too. Yeah. Sorry. Go I ahead. just wanted a little more variety, which is which. Then it was funny because then I feel like we got a little more variety at the end of the episode, and I was like, oh wait, but let's go back to the drama over there. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm talking a little bit about Justin and Genevieve again. Um, they were certainly uh, taking up a lot of the time both in both episodes. Um, and the thing that I really took away from it was the lack of 
expectations that were set between them to begin with. Um, and, and I just kind of want to start out with saying what the expectations are of the, the, the cast going into the show, that that didn't really seem to be either clear or, or um, may, maybe they just had these different expectations than certainly I have as a viewer thinking like, oh, you're going to go in here and you're going to go and date a lot of people and see what works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the premise of the show, and that's what makes it so fun and why I keep saying it reminds me a lot of like modern dating and yes. dating apps and things because the purpose of the show, I believe, is to go down to build connections and see see if there's something there, see if there's enough of a connection to start dating and form a relationship and, and maybe after three weeks get engaged. Yeah. That's... <laughs> But that is that yeah. is the the premise is like yeah you're meant to date and sorry no ahead. no no that that's exactly what I was thinking and um it just didn't seem like that was certainly where Genevieve was coming from and and how she you know we, talk, we talked a lot about anxiety in our last podcast there was a lot of um it, of anxiety that she was definitely feeling um when Justin went off on his date with Victoria and uh and she, and she let every, everybody know about it um and that that was really confusing because she was really upset and and she and she had a right to feel upset about the possibility of where her relationship could go and yet there was still this part of, okay, but this is what you're supposed to do on the show. You're not supposed to just latch on to somebody at the beginning and then that's it, Um, which maybe that's where she was coming from, was just, I need you, we're together, and now let's let's do this. Let's be on this show together. Let's be on this journey together. Um, And so, and he he didn't have those expectations. It sounds like his expectations were kind of aligning with how you and I understand the show to be. where you just go on a date with a bunch of people mm-hmm. and see what works. So, well, and I think what was problematic between the two of them is that we saw and heard a lot about Genevieve, what her wants and needs were from this relationship. We, she told us in her face-to-camera interviews or in the moment interviews. She told her peers on the beach, but she didn't tell Justin. She didn't tell him until after, and that, I think, was also kind of problematic is that they didn't – she wasn't communicating them directly to Justin beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, exactly. And then when they eventually did come back around and talk about it, granted, she was feeling really emotional, so they definitely didn't have a productive conversation around it, around the birthday cake scenario. The next day – it really seemed like they had kind of settled it and were going to move forward with some new expectations. But then it came back in reverse where then she's going to go off on this date and with Aaron. And then um, now Justin's upset and wallowing the whole day and thinking about how now things are over. And so it, that just didn't seem like it lined up either with their expectations. So it was like they didn't have expectations, and then they set some, and then they weren't living, or he wasn't living into that expectation. So mm-hmm. that was really just really confusing and frustrating to see. Yes, yes. And I I, I think he called J- 
Genevieve hypocritical for going on a date um, after she kind of made this whole fuss over him going on a date with um, Victoria. And I also thought that was really interesting. Um, and I think he was kind of saying there's a, maybe a double standard here, which I, I didn't quite connect as much. Um, but I also felt like there is this element that is not healthy that happens in couples where, uh, or in relationships where some like someone will do something to piss off one of the people in the relationship and the other person doesn't get it. And then when that person has an opportunity to like give them a dose I'll of their own you. medicine, they they love it. And it, and I, it felt like there was an element of that happening. Um, between, I want you to experience what I was yes, experiencing yesterday. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like, I don't know if that was going on, but that's kind of what I was reading. Mm-hmm. And and so I just thought like that that does happen in relationships, especially when you're not being really overt about communicating what your needs and what your expectations are. Yeah. And I think like what the alternative to this is, is like much more vulnerable. Like if Genevieve were to say like, hey, I like you. I want to go all in on this relationship. I know it's early. I know it's been 24 hours. Because it's been 24 hours. Um, but and it's I'm, my birthday. And it's my birthday. And I, But I I really like you and I want to, like, I want to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. And if he says, like, I'm not there or I actually want to explore other, like, relationships or other connections... Well, then she has that information and she can use it to inform what she does next. Right. But she, it seemed like she was trying to make a lot of assumptions or had these implicit expectations for what it meant that they spent a day together. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because without saying, I like you, and without being overt, like you're saying, she just wanted to hear from him, I like you, and I want to I see this through, and I, I want this and only this. Um, and instead she was hearing, I, you know, I like, I want to explore what, what, what happens. Like, I, I want to be able to, if, if somebody comes down and I, I want to, I, I want to go on a date with them if, if I, if I want to, um, that like, that's all she was hearing and not anything else that he had to say or what she actually needed to communicate to him, which mm-hmm. was more important really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And I and we saw something similar play out with Jill and Romeo. That whole situation was yes. really, really hard and messy and cringy to watch. But <laughs> um, but it seemed kind of similar where it sounded like Jill had these wants and these expectations for what it meant that that um, Romeo was saying, I want to pursue something with you. He, he omitted, like, well, you and other people, but she made a lot of assumptions about what that meant or they didn't have a clear conversation I won't just put all the onus on on Jill Romeo did not like convey yes I'm interested in pursuing you and other people and so she was really blindsided by by that but again lack of clear open honest communication which is a lot harder up front but it it saves all of this messiness and like hard feelings after yes yeah and I think that I mean that's why it doesn't happen because there is a little other, not a little, there is a level of vulnerability that people need to get to, to, to then lay it all out that can just feel too uncomfortable or maybe too soon to do. And yet you're right. It, 
lays the groundwork for then later things being easier and things um, working well. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, I mean, the just setting expectations in general is just so important for any relationship, and that's why that's why I, I wanted to talk about it because if it's not happening in in the show, <laughs> if it's not happening in in these other relationships and uh, relationships outside of the show, then there there can be a lot of miscommunications. There can be a lot of um, just a lot of conflict and a lot of needs not being met that then lead to a lot more confusion and then more problems and more challenges to get over or not get over. And it can just be really way stickier to navigate later on if it's not just clear from the get-go. Mm -hmm. As you're saying this, it's kind of making me think about like some of the tropes that I think people fall into in, in real-life dating um, that it felt like was happening with with uh, Genevieve, which is like, I don't want to come off as needy, or I want to be the chill girl, or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when we try to put on these personas, that it really gets in the way of us. Like, it's okay to have needs. Like, it's okay to have wants in a relationship. And if, if, so, if you can put out there what your needs are, then you might get information back that tells you like, okay, well, we don't line up and it's mm -hmm. better to know. It's harder to know, but it's better to know. And I, I think that's, again, a trap I see people kind of fall into in real life is being really afraid to communicate what you want and need up front because of how it might be perceived. Yeah. Well, actually, there was a, there was a conversation between Lace and Logan mm -hmm. where she did say that. She just was like, no bullshit. This is what I want out of this. And... She kind of just, like, put her feelers out there, and he wasn't interested. But she just laid it out. Mm -hmm. She put it there. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that for Lise, being 32, being on the show before, she, she has more experience in dating or dating in this world. Mm -hmm. And she, yeah, no bullshit. Just, like, let's just get to it. And you save a lot of time and heartache, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Because instead of you being left wondering are they on the same page, you you know. Mm -hmm. You know at least you laid out your page and whether or not it matches up with theirs is what that conversation is rather than just this wondering and mm -hmm. then the anxiety around it. Right. I mean, we're so worried to be rejected. Meanwhile, rejection is information, and we need that information in order to have clarity and, and like, how we're going to move forward. Yeah. See, this is like real life. Yeah. <laughs> you go. Okay. Um, so my moment was like um, a, a moment that felt like a badass moment in the mixed in like a real cringy moment. Yes. And so I wanted to talk about the interaction between Brittany and Romeo. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was super, super cringy. That was very cringy. Yeah, um, and so, so if you if you didn't watch, what essentially happened is that um, Romeo, um, after um, pursue being kind of like pursuing, I'll say, a relationship with Jill, he like feels secure in that relationship, and then he kind of goes off and decides like, oh hey, I want to see like who else I might want to form a connection with, and so he hits up Brittany. Um, yeah, and because that's what it felt like. Yeah, you know. No, it, yeah, it really did. And and so he's sitting with her, and he's saying like, "I really want to explore a connection with you." 
and he's just not reading the room at all. The vibes were off. Like, I know that's not a clinical thing to say, but, like, there's no other way to say he was not reading her cue. She was not feeling it, not into it at all. But the important piece here is that Romeo had a rose, and so he decides some a woman's fate on that show. The rose, if you get a rose, you stay. If you don't get a rose, you go home. And so he was saying to Brittany, hey, I want to pursue something with you. I feel like we might have something. I want to pursue this connection. And and what I admired so much about Brittany is that she it was clearly so secure and so comfortable in who she is and what she wants and what her standard is in a relationship that she Even though he had the rose. Even though he had the rose and he had the power, literal power to uh, of over her dating life on the show essentially uh and she was not having it and she she basically she said essentially like i i like jill she's my friend i don't feel good about this and i don't i don't feel a connection with you is essentially what she said and i now this is a good time for me to kiss you and then (laughs) yeah he still went in for a kiss after that which she are very very um artistically dodged that was wonderful wonderful work on her part um but she wasn't compromising who she is or what she wanted or a friendship in order to have a date and i i think again oftentimes in in dating when it feels like we're wanting someone to pick us so badly or we might just like really really want a relationship or we really really want a date that we do put our ourselves our needs maybe our sense of value or what will what will um accept aside in order to just have the thing and we lose ourselves in that and kudos to Brittany because she didn't do that and and again I felt like that was such a badass thing because on the show so often we just see a lot of times people taking roses just to stay another week Mm -hmm. or you know they might like maybe string some someone along just just to stay alive on the beach and that's that's not what she did yeah she really risked it but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it it was worth it I mean it was worth her her relationship with Jill and for her to inauthentically get into something with Romeo how fleeting that could have been just to make sure that she could stay Mm -hmm. um but yeah a lot of respect for that Mm mm-hmm she said she'd rather be hit by a bus than accept a rose from Romeo. Yeah, that was, yeah. That yeah. must have been a hard thing to, for him to watch back. Yes. So, uh, so yeah. Okay. Well, and then a lot unfolded with Romeo after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he then, when he did give his rose to Jill, he did say, "For this is for you, for us, or for you to pursue other relationships, which I, I, I'll give him some credit for because... He kind of came down off of this confidence that he was leading with. Um, it was the power of the rose. Yeah. Um, and then kind of just said, like, yeah, you might not want to be with me, um, but I still want you to be here. So that was nice. It's the least he could do. It was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, like, it sounds like our takeaways from this are um, you know, the importance of setting expectations up front when you are forming a relationship with someone or when you're in a relationship with someone and being clear about your maybe your wants and your needs your standard in dating and relationships as well and trying to st- stick to that 
we will be chatting about episodes let me do math four and five yeah four and five four and five next week (laughs) so our main topic today is adult friendships and we wanted to talk about this because adult friendships can be really really challenging to navigate and also they can be so like gratifying as well but but it's they're really really tough uh, for so many people I, I can myself included to kind of figure out how to navigate and so because this this topic comes up a lot in our work we we really wanted to begin the conversation with you all they're they're not as maybe natural as as they used to be um, as like friendships were as a kid, as um, as even a teenager, as a young adult. Um, so in those, as you become an adult, that they just become so much more confusing, like what they're there for, um, kind of what, what role the relationship has in your life, um, and how much time is devoted to them. So it just gets really way more confusing rather than just, um, I love that the article that you sent me, rather than just like, running over to Johnny's house to ring the doorbell and say, can you come out to play, like, the good old days? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so much, so much different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think, you know, one of the things that makes, it, like, it's so challenging in adulthood is that we do have, like, so many more responsibilities and so many more priorities than we did maybe when we were, I mean, certainly we were, like, children but even when we were in college or maybe right out of college um, but as we as we grow up and as we develop other relationships and form other priorities whether they're you know a significant other kids a career um, that that sometimes that means that our our friendships um, get deprioritized not necessarily intentionally but just as a byproduct of other things going on in our lives that require more of our attention right and, and as we talk about wellness, um, one of the main parts about your wellness and keeping up with all of, all of the aspects of your health is maintaining relationships. And so this is a huge one um, that you might leave out or you might not be prioritizing in a way that you used to, but in a way that you could or in the way that you want to. So it's just, it's just another, it's a sticky spot. Mm-hmm. Be in. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But I think that's important to, to point out. Whenever we've like kind of like talked about that wheel of wellness, that relationships are a piece of that. And and yes, our friendships are, are in that for sure. Mm-hmm. And so like in, in us talking about it here today, it's talking about not only like what makes it challenging to maintain this this specific type of relationship um, but how we might be able to maintain or or even form new friendship relationships because they are so important to our well-being yeah well should we start with making friends sure okay which is just I'm just gonna say it's so hard yeah so hard to do as an adult um and I hear this all the time with clients who want to make friends with adults, um, it, it it's hard for me. It's hard for everybody as an adult. Um, and, yeah, so this, this is super tricky. So that's why we want to talk about it because um, it's it, one of the reasons it's so hard is you're not automatically put into a place where 
you're going to be with somebody for eight hours a day or more. Um, so where you might just have these opportunities to grow relationships over and over and over again by going to the same class period every single day or, um, you know, going to the same basketball practice, that you're not in these atmospheres that allow for that to happen anymore, mm-hmm. which which is just such an interesting thing that people don't think about. They're like, why is this so hard? Well, it's like, well, you, you were given all the tools before, and now you don't have them. Yeah. I mean, they, we were literally, I mean, we, we had, like, friendships ready made for us in a lot of ways. Um, like you're saying, like, we, like, we're in the same place at the same time. And so that makes it a lot easier to form a relationship when you when you have all this dedicated time together and you're going through a literal shared experience, whether that's like a, a, a sport or a, a school or things like that. Yeah. And so like it, t- it removes all the factors of like you actually having to go out and make a friend because you're all kind of corralled together. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> And, and and just by, by way of you being in the same place at the same time, like, mm-hmm. for the most part, that means you have a lot more in common. Mm-hmm. And as we grow up and life gets busier, we might move or, or things like that. Like, the we have to pick our own friends. And we need to find our own friends and then pick, pick who pick them. And yeah. that, I think, is also really hard. Right, because you might then put yourself in situations that – you could make friends like like let's say you join some some adult league somewhere um it's still not automatic because it's not just having something in common with somebody anymore it's not just this oh we both play this sport so we'll automatically be friends which like it was such a common way to make friends as a kid was just we both like the color yellow (laughs) okay besties (laughs) so it's so much more complicated than that as an adult so you might do the finding but then the picking gets really hard Mm -hmm. and it's not that you're being choosy either or you're being so specific that you're kind of narrowing it down too hard it's just that your values are really like more ingrained in you now that Mm -hmm. that's more important than spending time with somebody just because you like the same kind of food. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so much of our, our development um, that happens when we're in our like late teens, early 20s is that we start to form our own beliefs and values. like, um, and, and those become more and more important to us as we grow older. And so many of us, especially as we've seen over the last you know, couple of years, like values are so important in relationships. And so it is really important if you want to have a kind of a, a deep relationship with someone to have shared values. And it's often hard to figure that out right off the bat. And, um, and that can also make it really challenging. Yeah. It's not just this automatic click. There's mm-hmm. just some deeper layers to get through mm-hmm. that to, to then make it more of a meaningful relationship which is kind of what we're talking about we're t- really talking about those more meaningful relationships because as you're in a as you are in adulthood um we, we didn't say this but there are different kinds of levels of friendships that you might have you might have acquaintances and um uh though like you might consider some people friends or close friends or best friends um but we, we're, we're really just talking about, like, those meaningful 
relationships, um, whether that be those friends, close friends, or, or best friends. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point to clarify. Um, so yes, I, I and I, I think it's really validating that you said making friends as an adult is hard because for someone who has had a really hard time making friends as an adult, I've I've like thought it was just me. And in doing this work and hearing so many people struggle with it, I realize that it's it's not. And there is something that feels so much more vulnerable about putting yourself out there as an adult. Like, what do you even say? Like, hey, Catherine, do you want to be my friend? Um, I don't even know. How do you even know that someone's your friend? Like, when does that make, when do you make that transition from whatever, like um, basketball, co-basketball player to, oh, we're friends now. You know, what does that look like? Yeah. And I think, I think the, the vagueness of, of, those like social connections can also make it more complicated to kind of understand how to make friends as an adult mm-hmm. um and also you're you're putting yourself out there to to say like to, you're putting yourself out there in a way that's vulnerable because you're you're saying like this is who I am and this is this is what I'm looking for I mean, maybe you're not saying it out loud, but, like, you're thinking it. And and that in itself, the act of looking for somebody that you want to spend a lot of your time with, somebody that you want to have shared experiences with, that's just a really vulnerable thing to even go out and try to find them. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think coupled with the fact that, as as we said at the beginning, like, as an adult, our time is limited. Like, I feel like time is, like, the biggest commodity that we have. And so, like with the limited time that you have, like, again, you you want to be mindful of, of who you're asking, like, to spend time with or who you're spending your time with, like, also feels like a good match or, like, a good value for that time because it is so limited. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to waste it. Yeah. With somebody that you don't want to, that you don't get along with or mm-hmm. that you're not, you're not vibing with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I... I don't know. Obviously, you've gone through. You you've graduated college. You've gone to a grad program. You you don't live in the same city where you grew up. Like, what has making an making friends as an adult looked like for you? I would like more friends that are local to me. I have a lot of really close friends that are um, that live in a, a different city, and so I want um, I want to have some more friends that are close by. Um, and and the way that I've been doing it, or I have done it. I won't say I'm, like, actively always doing this, um, but the way that it has worked, I guess, in the past is uh, friends of friends. So um, meeting friends of friends and then just kind of testing the waters to see if we would, like, if we would really get along well one-on-one. Can you, um, can you give an example of what that has looked like? Okay, so it might start with a, a common... Um, a common activity or something um and like this was a workout class for instance and uh and I, I i just really got along well with this friend out um when i was out and or the friend of the friend and uh and so knowing that they also liked this workout activity workout class then i made it a point to ask them to go to one of those workout classes and then we did it together and then we decided to do something else together, and then we did something else. So, like, kind of just picked up from there, and then became friends. And it's—I mean, it's still, still weird. I have to say, it's still weird to like, to just kind of like test the waters and see if it's gonna be 
something that they also want to do in return. So mm-hmm. got to take it one one little awkward step, one at, little a awkward time. step at a time. <laughs> yeah. How have you done it? Um, I'll be honest. I'm sweating. <laughs> This topic in general is really, really hard for me because, like, like just not like navigating friendships is tough. I I have a lot of, like I've said, like I I have like some social anxiety. Um, I'm more of an introvert, and so um, navigating friendship and I'm like busy. All like we all are all busy. I don't like mean to, whatever, champion that. Like it's my whole identity, but it is it is a factor, and so like talking about friendships. As, and as we get through more of what we'll talk about today, feels so vulnerable. Like, I feel like I'm sweating, too. Um, but what I will say is um, one one way that I've, I've made really close friends as an adult is um, kind of, like, picking up a new hobby. And um, I ballroom dance as a hobby. And um, and I, I started seeing the thing about ballroom dance, I'll also add, is that, like, it typically attracts, like, um, maybe people in a different stage of life, like maybe people that are um, a bit older than I am or maybe they're retired or, or things like that. And so I started seeing um, other students like around my age and it like was this awkward like start like do we chat and and all of all of that. And so I, I'm remember I'm trying to like remember like when I identified like oh we're friends out we're we're more than just dance friends yeah. we're friends outside of dance, um, but I was able like my closest friends have come from doing this hobby we have there's a small group of us uh, only two of us still dance um, and and the others no longer do, but I've been able to like form such deep friendships through this shared activity that we used to do together. Um, which has been really cool, and and through that I've developed other other friendships, and and so it's like been encouraging for me to like le- lean into other hobbies that uh, that like feel really tough because I know there's an opportunity to like build some other friendships there. So I've done kind of like what you're wanting to do, which is sailing. like sailing. Sailing's been another yeah. another way that I've met I've met people, mm-hmm. um, and it's uncomfortable and anxiety provoking and again it's do we actually have anything in common other than this thing and um and for the most part yes but it's also been like like we as therapists we talk a lot about like practicing like it's been really good practice to like put myself out there a little bit um and and meet new people and well I think of what we're saying we're saying like there's just this added effort that you just don't you, you never had to do before mm-hmm. um or uh, you know like once you get into adulthood you just hadn't done before and it's I mean maybe it's something you just don't really get used to and it just still is uncomfortable but then the outcome can be so rewarding that it can make that discomfort really worth it for the next time around um but yeah there is just this this awkwardness and this this uncom- this uncomfortable feeling of need of like having to do more than you ever had to to make a friend. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it, and that's a reality, I guess, right? And and I think the other thing that we forget is that like making friends is an actual skill, <laughs> and so the way that we get better at it is to practice the skill of again, like kind of putting yourself out there. Being in, in 
I was going to say like unfamiliar places, but like places where you might not know people as well or to connect with a friend of a friend, like just kind of flexing or building that muscle so that it does become a little bit more comfortable. Um, And knowing it's not going to work every time. Mm -hmm. So like I could have gone to this workout class with this person Mm -hmm. and then decided like, oh, actually, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe that's the last time we're going to go. It's true. (laughs) It's true. But I I think it's also trying to look to see opportunities. Mm -hmm. Like you saw an opportunity of like, I think I might connect with this person. We have the shared interest. Let me let me see that as an opportunity to build a potential friendship. Um, like there are more things that exist than we realize. Like even you know, I'm I'm new to Miami, yeah. and um, and so like while it's not comfortable for me to join like a women's group in Miami, I know that I need to in order to. I I don't know anybody down there. Like yeah. I need to know people, and so like I'm trying to take advantage of the resource that exists. Um, I'm thinking about my like my brother and sister in law moved to a new city, and they were so so resourceful and they joined like a newcomers group to that city and they've been able to to create really really good friendships and so like I guess I would also suggest that people try to look for the resources that are out there because there they are mm-hmm. um even though I know it can feel like cringy and awkward to like actually go to these things yeah yeah well and, that, and that's the thing is like starting with what like may, maybe it's not the interest that develops the relationship but it's the interest that can start the relationship so starting with what you're interested in and then going from there Mm -hmm. looking for those opportunities where they exist Mm -hmm. and using that as a as a a launching pad okay so that's that's making friends which again is tricky in and of itself and we could probably talk for a whole hour about this but like the other piece that makes adult friendships really hard are is maintaining the friendships that we already have. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be really challenging. Um, so I know we wanted to kind of spend some time on that too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, because like we were saying, with the different stage of life you might be in or just like the time that that you have, that these relations or, or the, the people in your life that you have to prioritize that – Friendships are going to look different, and maintaining those friendships is going to also look different than the way that you maintain them in the past, where you might have seen somebody multiple days in a row or multiple nights out, that that's not what it really is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so figuring out how that how that looks and what you want it to look like for you um, is going to be important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's it's hard to maintain friendships because just as we're saying it takes extra effort to make friends as an adult, it takes extra effort to keep a friend as an adult because it does require like an extra level of dedication and commitment and communication that isn't already baked in and built into your day. Mm-hmm. Like not again, I mean, not that um, maintaining a relationship with your spouse is easy, but it's easier if you're under the same roof mm-hmm. or that you have to communicate about certain things. Like with friendships, these are relationships that we opt into. They're not required, so to speak. And so like there's no actual requirement to stay in touch or to ask someone how they're doing or to make plans. And I think mm-hmm. with, with everyone being busy and with everyone having these other priorities, it it, it's really easy for that part of it to fall off your radar 
um, or to keep getting pushed down the whatever down the path of like oh I'll, I'll get back to them or we'll we'll plan something soon I, I can't even tell I was I was going to look before we got on I've been trying to plan something I won't even say I I'm not the planner in my in my friend group um, my friends have been trying to plan a get-together for weeks just to just to find one day that we have in common and we don't even not all of us can even be there and I think that's again the reality of adult friendships is that like everyone has these kind of competing schedules and priorities and ugh. Mm-hmm. Stuff. and then it's hard to like having to think about that when you make the plans or or or, or when um or, or if you're agreeing to somebody else's plans and you knowing that somebody else can't come and respecting that too is is part of the maintenance um respecting whatever it is somebody else has to do or um whatever it like whatever reason that they is that they can't come um that maintenance too as far as like the understanding uh is part of it yeah well well yes and i guess like some of the some of the things that i i find people say in terms of like maintaining friendships is like well how much grace do i give someone um how how much how much of that do like de- feels okay for me to say like well this person like can never come or this person's like always busy or this person takes forever to get back <laughs> I just pointed at myself for those of you who aren't watching this um this person takes forever to get back to me um like at what point does that become a, a friendship that you no longer want to invest your time in or your energy um, because we're saying like time is so limited and so if you're feeling like you're always having to kind of make allowances for someone else or you know then at what point is the friendship non-existent well I think that's it, it can't just be that exchange that decides the fate of the relationship either because if that's all your relationship is built on is we only we have to spend time together to have the relationship uh, like as, as important as spending time together is it's not everything and so it's really rather about the quantity of the time that you spend it's the quality too that like okay so you can't make it a lot of the time or you can't you can't respond for for whatever the reasons are but when you do what are you bringing to the table what are what kind of friend are you when you do show up and that's really important mm-hmm. yeah well I mean what Maybe that I, I was going to ask you a question, but I think it's really subjective. I was going to ask you, like, what, what to you makes a quality friend? Hmm. <laughs> Put you on the spot. On the spot. <laughs> um, to me, it's, it's somebody that I, I, I feel comfortable confiding in, that I feel um, I can rely on, but for, for different things. Um, you know, the friends that I can rely on to... Um, to make me laugh, but the friends that I can rely on to um, tell something really important and vulnerable to, um, it's, it's different. It's different depending on what my needs are because I know what friends can give me what. Mm. Yes, that that I think is a really big piece that that even within your close friendships, they're, they're probably, or even, yeah, in your, in your meaningful relationships, they're probably like different things that different relationships like can provide and, and vice versa that you might 
you might show up in a, in a friendship in a different way or there might be different expectations for, for what your friendship is based on. Yeah. And I think that that took me a really long time to realize because, um, I mean, I was going to save this for later, but, like, in thinking about friendships that have ended, I think that I was more holding on to things that I like more about like what the loss of the friendship represented rather than the loss of that specific person and understand like because I understand that some I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about some things so a couple of friendships that we just grew apart um, like end of high school or like end of college kinds of relationships that just didn't have that that longevity that some of my other relationships have had. Um, and I think I, I was stuck on them for a really long time and thinking like, like what happened and like why and what what went wrong and uh, rather than thinking, okay, well one, we just outgrew each other and that's okay. Like we have things that are, we have different priorities and different interests now and different, different, different. Um, and I was expecting these friendships to be all of these things rather than like, because may- maybe in some ways they were, and then that wasn't really fair. So it was somebody that was the hilarious, like hilarious one, the but the also the one that I could be vulnerable with and all these things that all wrapped up rather than having a few other meaningful relationships that represent the same kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I think that I was more so mourning the loss of these couple of friendships for a long time and thinking like oh like I'm missing out on a lot of these aspects of the friendship and not like like I said like not this specific person mm-hmm. yeah. not that they didn't matter or anything. yeah no, 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 of course of course but it's that that part too yeah 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 I and I, I guess that that's a really good point as I was, I was trying to like reflect on that answer for myself in terms of what's a quality friend and and I think that definitely has maybe changed over time in terms of what what I what I think a quality friend is. Right now, like what what a quality friend is is someone who is really patient with me because I do take a while to get back um, to to people. But I also like I'm at a point maybe in my life or or like uh, yeah, I, I think that's really it that like I really want deep, meaningful relationships and, um, and so, like, it's really important to me that my friends are people that I can be, like, honest and open with and talk about, like, tough things with um, if they can hold it for me at that time. But, um, like, there's there's an element of, like, I just don't have time for, like, a lot of the bullshit. Can we swear? <laughs> we already did. <laughs> um, and, and so I think that that's been something that I've been really thinking about is that quality piece over the quantity. Mm. And, um, and that's, that's definitely changed over time for me. Mm. I mean, and that, that's, that's a huge part of this is like how much of this can change over time. Mm-hmm. That there's not only the evolution of the friendship or the friend um, and what you can expect, but like the evolution of what you need and who you're going to get that from mm-hmm. it's huge mm-hmm. yeah yes well and and as you're saying that like uh, you're talking about the evolution right and like um and so who we who I was like when I met my group of close friends that was 10 years ago 
And I was really different and my life looked really different as did theirs. And so as I evolved and changed and they evolved and changed, so did our friendship. And um, and and in some of these relationships, they've, they've deepened and some like maybe not as much. And, and that I think is another piece of it that like we're all kind of navigating different life stages at, at different times. And that also has like made for some adjustments and maybe what we expect from each other in terms of uh, how much time we each have or, or, you know, how quote unquote there for one another we can be just based on, on what we have going on in our life. But I think that that has also been a piece of it is that like, again, navigating these different life stages, whether it's getting married or having kids or moving in with a significant other or still being single. Like, mm-hmm. those are those are four different lives yeah. li- or, like, life stages, um, and that can make it sometimes hard to maintain a relationship when it doesn't feel like you're all kind of in it together. Right, right. You're not just, like, on the same path mm-hmm. um, where you're checking all these boxes at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is is really hard for for some relationships too. Like if you are someone who like is single and you really really want to be married, but and everybody it feels like everybody around you is getting engaged and getting married and having kids and kind of moving on, graduating to these other parts of their life, then that can that can probably feel really challenging to be in those relationships and to be like yes, happy for them, but also like Oh, like I want this for myself and so I think that's also an element of adult friendships is that like there is like this implicit comparison that goes on that's like again not intentional but it, it happens mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. oftentimes if we do have we are picking friends based on values that might mean that we want similar things for our lives and so if someone is is getting to those things at a different pace than us then it can it can be uncomfortable mm-hmm. absolutely like you're just looking at at where they're at and thinking about how you're not there Mm -hmm. rather than where you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then having those conversations, like if, if somebody is talking about that stage that they're in, if they're in a marriage stage and you're not that, uh, or, or getting married stage and you're not, then the maintaining can either, can look like having those conversations with friends around you know, like, I, I don't want to talk about that right now. Or it might look like some avoidance or some some um, just taking, like, checking yourself out for a little bit just to meet your own needs, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and I think, um, you know, again, in relationships, maybe, I think, again, another piece that's hard to navigate in terms of maintaining them is that, like, everyone's got needs in a relation in in any relationship but in a friendship and so I was just thinking about how um like in in relationships if if you're wanting like for me I had said like it's important for me that I have friends that I can be like really honest and really vulnerable with and talk about hard stuff with but like that might not line up with what someone else like has space for Mm -hmm. or like it also might be tough when someone's going through something really really happy but like I might be having a hard time and vice versa and like how to how to balance that like how to how to have room for both like we can celebrate together and we can like and at the same time like let me be here with you in this in this hard time and that I I don't know that a lot of those conversations happen Mm -hmm. of of, right it's not like this 
uh, let's take turns celebrating. Let's take turns feeling bad. Let's mm-hmm. take – it's, like, sometimes these things are happening all at once. Yeah. More often than not, they're mm-hmm. happening all at once. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so I think that – and so what I what I find happens more is that more of the avoidance thing happens. Like, if, if you're going if, – if people are going through maybe a harder time and other people are going through, like, a quote-unquote happy time – that the person who's going through a harder time might just kind of opt out a lot more um, rather than kind of talking about the the hard time that they're having. Or if, like, a person's particular life stage might be a little bit triggering for them. Mm-hmm. Which which is a, a good sign to notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as the, the friend who, who sees that maybe happening with another friend... Um, being able to reach out and and ask them what what's going on, mm-hmm. um, rather than assuming oh like they're just they're flaking out recently you know like they're just not respond they're not responding or like whatever it is that like oh this isn't typical of them what's going on, mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah right and and one thing that just kind of on the on the topic of like kind of communicating our needs like one thing that I've gotten really accustomed this is such a therapist thing to say but one thing that I've gotten really accustomed to asking um, is if I do have something maybe heavier that I want to talk about I'll ask my my friends like there's something I want to talk about it's a little bit heavy do you have enough like space to hold this with me right now Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I just kind of rolled my eyes at myself like because that is such a therapist thing to say my friends are non-therapists um, but I think trying to also check in that, like, your friend can can be the kind of friend that you need them to be and, and also being okay if, if they say no. Like, mm-hmm. and I think trying to honor honor both sets of boundaries in, in relationships is really important. And I think as we're talking about, like, testing the waters with new friends that, like, you can also, as your own, as your existing relationships evolve, testing the waters there, um, around how vulnerable you feel like you can be and uh, I mean that's a great way to do it yes it's a therapist thing but like it, it is a great way to do it um and I and I want to take your advice <laughs> but because uh, I feel like in my adult relationship my adult friendships I've been much more vulnerable with my friends than I ever was growing up and and it's they, they've been that much more meaningful um to do when I've done that and and then they've done it in return so opening up that landscape for it to happen is is going to be another way for things to be maintained because just as we're saying okay you have all of these things going on in your life like where is that going who's that going to it can't only go if you have a significant other it can't only go here it can't only go to a family it can't like your friends are there for for you mm-hmm. um so having them letting them be there for you yeah, another element. I have the hardest time, I think, with that piece. Um, yeah, still working on it. Still working on it. Yeah. So we're, we'll take a water break, and then um, when we come back, like, we'll talk about the, the other side of this, which is when we might outgrow friendships and, and navigating through friend breakups and, and talk about maybe expectations to have and some takeaways about adult friendships. We are back, and we're going to talk a little bit about outgrowing friendships and some friend breakups. Yes. 
Yeah, and also kind of like just to let you all behind the curtain a little bit, like when on our water break, one thing that Catherine and I were just chatting about is how hard this conversation yeah. is. Um, and so we want to like normalize that too, that that's, that's a piece of it. It's tough, tough to talk about. Yeah, yeah, some of this is just hitting home a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so this one's tough. Was not kidding about this wedding. It's still happening. <laughs> And not because, I mean, it's a little warm, but, like, (laughs) the nervous sweats. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's vulnerable to kind of talk about. And it's it's hard to kind of, especially as we talk about growing friendships, like, it feels real. Like, Mm -hmm. the the heartbreak that can come with outgrowing a friendship or outgrowing a a relationship like this is is really tough. And so, like, it happens. Um, I think that's, like, the first thing is that. You know, a, a lot of times, like, the relationships that we carry into adulthood might be from different parts of our life that we've maybe outgrown. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said, like, our values kind of change over time. And um, and who we were when we created the friendship is might be different than who we are now. And so, of course, it's only natural that those relationships might might shift and, and gradually end. Yeah, yeah. It happens. Mm-hmm. It happens, and and sometimes it's strange the way that it happens. It sometimes it's this. It is just kind of like this drift, right? And like a slow fade. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's not always this breakup. Um, sometimes it is just like trickle, 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 not talking to each other anymore, and neither one of you says anything, and you just get on with things. Mm-hmm. Um, even even if that person might have been a really important part of your life at one point, um, and it doesn't it doesn't take away from that being what it was either. Um, just because it's not an existing meaningful friendship, it doesn't mean that it didn't it it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like the way it ends doesn't necessarily need to discredit the the importance it had when yeah. you were when you were friends it's like when we talk about the end of the year mm-hmm. and when we get to the end of the year and we're thinking about oh if the last month sucked uh then the whole year sucked <laughs> but that's not true mm-hmm. um so and really being able to examine that relationship from you know a longer timeline will really give you more of an understanding of what kind of value you got from it and how it got to where it was, where it ended. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think sometimes, like, especially with with friendships that get created when we are younger, like like whether they're from even elementary school, high school, college, sometimes I, I find that, like, people might hang on to those friendships maybe a little bit longer than they may, might make sense to mm-hmm. um, because there's so much history, there's so much nostalgia in having these relationships. Um, and sometimes that they, that can do more harm than good. These are still relationships just as like it being in a romantic relationship that like might bring you a little bit more misery than joy isn't good to be in. The same is true with a friendship. If if you're finding that you're feeling more frustrated and the relationship is feeling maybe a little bit more toxic, like even though it might be a 10 or 15 or 20 year long friendship, it's still, it still might mean it's time to part ways. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, I, and I'm just thinking, like, like, I'm fortunate to have a lot of my, I'd say a lot. I don't have a lot. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a few very meaningful relationship type of French friend group person. So the few friends that I have from growing up are really meaningful and are really, um, really special to me. And they're also not the only people that I was ever friends with growing up. And so I, and as you were saying that, I was just thinking about like the ones that have, that have drifted, the ones that have, that have ended, um, in thinking about, you know, if I had hung, hung on to that relationship or those relationships, like what was that really to hang on to? Um, what was that really adding to, to my life? What was it adding to their life? Was it really about nostalgia? Was it really like only because of the good times that we had at one point? Or was it like, are you moving forward? Um, and the ones that I do have, there is so much moving forward. And, and um, But you're so right that like some of them could have, that could have lasted, would have lasted for, for what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like all relationships, I think there is an element of kind of maybe knowing when to say when um, and still like wanting to preserve yourself in a relationship, yourself and your well-being as well. Um, and so like also I want to like encourage people to think about that, to like kind of take inventory of the relationships that they have and are they still meaningful? Are they still like contributing to, toward your well-being? Like that's a big piece. But I, I know that the piece that we're kind of talking about is like the feelings that come along with when these friendships maybe fade out or when there might be a more distinct friend breakup, mm-hmm. um, that that can feel really, really hard. And a lot of times these these friendships end because, again, you're in different places in your life or, or maybe your values have changed or, or they don't align anymore and it's really hard to be friends with someone who you share different values with. Um, it, it can be tough. And, and oftentimes, like, as you're saying, there isn't a distinct breakup where there are these like answers, these things hashed out. Like there are, it's, it's very ambiguous and and maybe in your reflection, you can kind of put the pieces together to make some assumptions about why things um, changed, but you never really know the answer. And and I think that's why friend breakups, like they don't, they, they don't get talked about enough. And I, I think they're, they're so hard. They're hard, maybe harder sometimes than, like romantic breakups, they're they're adult heartbreak in its finest, and um, and the same thing that happens in romantic breakups, like there is likely a lack of closure. Um, there are those questions of like, should I, shouldn't I, like try to rekindle this friendship, like all of that stuff that goes into when friendships end. Yeah, yeah, it can be really hard to figure out where to go. Mm-hmm. You know, why it ended, but then, like, where to go from there. So I take it you've experienced, like, a friendship ending? Yeah. I mean, like, like the ones that I was talking about as far as um, uh, just, like, like end, of, end of high school, end of college. I mean, like, I can even think of, like, end of high school being very, very, very close to, to uh, an, an old friend <laughs> in particular. Um, and, and that, that really hit hard because, because you, just in the ways that you're saying, you don't think about 
the end of friendships like you do with end of um like romantic relationships um that but they really are they really mimic that and um and in that being such a such an important time too where it's like okay switching from like growing up where where I grew up to a new place and like not being able to hang on to something that was really important to that place that I grew up was really really difficult and then um and then just like that eventual understanding of like oh this isn't what it was gonna be anymore like this isn't gonna um we're not gonna maintain that relationship the way that I wanted to even though I kept like trying and trying and trying and then it was like oh okay nope this isn't gonna work and like it took a really long time to register Mm -hmm. and it hurt for a long time yeah so it felt like almost like repeated rejection yeah yeah and just like another reminder of and like like I was saying before it was like this friendship kind of represented so many different things so um it was just like a reminder of oh, my life has changed now. <laughs> I'm, like, not a kid anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, with endings, like, come of any sort, like, can come a lot of grief. And so that the ending of that friendship meant the end of a, of a particular time in your life. And that that is hard. It's, like, doubly hard because it's the end of a relationship and a transition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How about you? Yeah. The, yes. Yeah, of course. I've, I've had friendships that end. But, like, the one that comes to mind uh, for me is is one that's, like, really tough. It's still, it still feels, like, hard to think about. And it was, like, I would say as close to maybe, a, like, a breakup, like, where there was an actual it, conversation. Um not kind of like one of those like slow fade gradual things mm-hmm. um and so it was like you know based on a conversation that I had with this person and um and that person had had kind of decided like essentially like this this friendship doesn't really like wor- work well in my life anymore and and that like was really hard because it a took me by complete surprise I like didn't see it coming and I valued this friend and this friendship so much. And I, again, like I didn't see it coming. And um, and so like similar to maybe a breakup, I was filled with like all of the, all of these like feelings of like, oh my God, how did I miss this? Like, how did I not see this coming? Like, oh, I feel terrible that that, that has been her experience in our friendship. And like, ah, oh, like I wish I had known. And what, like I, did was I not a good enough friend that she couldn't tell me this like that she was feeling this way and um so really I don't sent know. you down this, this oh total spiral mm-hmm. total like shame spiral of like I must be like a horrible monster <laughs> literally that was like where my mind went because you know this person that I really really cared about um just felt like I wasn't I guess meeting her needs within a friendship and and you know, kudos to her for letting me know, like being direct and letting me know rather than just like fading out. But it was still really hard and it's left me with like a lot of questions. And like when all relationships end, like 
I know the closure comes from me, um, even though like, I'll st- like I st- I'll never really know. I'll never really know what happened. And there's no after the final rose. There's no <laughs> after the final rose, which is why that part feels so so much like non-reality. And and I think again, similar to like a romantic breakup, there are times that like I might think of this person and want to send a message and just say like, hey, I'm thinking about you, or like hope hope you're doing well. And then I need to check myself and say like okay, how am I going to feel after I send this? How am I going to feel with a range of responses that I might get or not get? And it's, like, not healthy for me to mm-hmm. engage in that. And I think that part's really hard. Um, yeah, it feels – and I honestly, like, if I, as I think more about it, like, it feels like a failure of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that never feels good, but, like, particularly with – friendships when you let yourself get so close and get so vulnerable with someone and you really trust someone and for that to end it really sucks and yeah I'm sad about it still you're so right that it you get that like sense of oh like something failed and then it's like oh I failed Mm -hmm. and that's really hard to work through Mm -hmm. um to come around and accept what it actually is rather than like what it makes you feel like it is Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so I guess I've, like, tried to stay in this place of, like, trying to own own my my, my parts in the friendship, um, like, what things that I feel really good about, what I contributed to that relationship, things that I definitely know I, I could have done, done better, differently, and, like, try to carry that forward. Um, but, like, I also am aware, real-time reflection, <laughs> Is that ever since that happened, it's really changed the way that I show up in my other relationships. I'm definitely a lot more tentative. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more guarded because um, I think I'm scared to get hurt again, which is, is, again, like things that happen as when we go through something difficult is it can change the way that we navigate through the next thing. Yeah. Um, and so it sucks. <laughs> I think you're so right in that, like, often we're – and like, like we're saying that friend breakups aren't treated as in the same ways that romantic break uh, relationship breakups are um but those outcomes can look so similar too and that like the way that you enter that next relationship can really mimic um how you'd enter another romantic relationship that like you're taking that with you and if you're not cognizant of like oh I'm doing that thing because of that oh okay this is happening because this happened here that like if you're not aware of, oh, okay, I'm, I'm a little guarded right now, and it's because it's because of this, then then you're going to keep that guard up, and then it's not going to, you know, and, and I'm saying this because it happened, like, I, you're so right, and then I totally kind of, like, curled up in this little shell, too, a little bit after it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, you just feel like, oh, I need to protect myself, but then it robs you of all these wonderful opportunities to get close to people too. So it's hard. I know. Yeah. The rational part of me knows that. I mean, that's like what I feel like I talk to people about all the time. All the time. Um, But it is so true. Um, And so like, I guess like the most balanced way that I'm trying to go into my relationships is like from that perspective as a learner, like, okay, I've learned some things. (laughs) That doesn't mean that I need to withhold like the opportunity to, like, me trying to protect myself from getting hurt is also robbing me of an opportunity to experience, like, a lot of joy and, like, great connections with other people. Um, 
so I'm like again trying to lean on the learnings and and not on the avoidance part yeah so yeah all right well I think we've said a lot about friendships, about adult friendships, yes. maintaining and losing and evolving and making. Um, so let's kind of get into some takeaways around that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we've said this word enough, but <laughs> it is really, really hard. <laughs> that is the one takeaway. That <laughs> no, there, there are lots of others, but that is certainly one of them that we just want to normalize how difficult that this process is to create friends and to maintain friends and to lose friends yes it's it's hard (laughs) (laughs) um I guess other other takeaway points are um to kind of like with with maintaining friendships like there are like ways to stay connected even even in kind of busy times or, mm-hmm. or whatnot and to kind of like lean into those resources whether it's social media I mean technically that's what it was created for is to help us stay connected socially yeah and so like there are a lot of friendships that like sustain themselves by sending memes and like if that works for you and your friends like okay do it that's a way to stay connected and have a shared experience so like lean on those resources and, and similar to making friends like really try to look at the resources that are out there in your communities to like potentially make new friends and again it's gonna be awkward like embrace the awkward in order to potentially like form a new relationship um the awkward is worth it it can be yeah yeah um let's see and i guess the other piece is kind of as we were talking about um, to, to really be communicative about what your needs are. I mean, that was like the theme of this episode from reactivity TV to now is like communicate what your needs are, communicate what your expectations are, like be, be upfront with your friends about like where you are in your life and what you, what you can give and what you need and see if like your friends can kind of meet you there. Um, like that, I mean, part of being an adult friend is being able to be agile, be, adaptive uh, be flexible because we're all kind of like in this busy hard place together mm-hmm. great all right i love it all right let's get to our self-care menu um another brief overview of that uh we created this self-care menu to describe different ways for you to get your self-care, whether that is in small increments, um, small little activities, or larger, more more time-consuming, more when there there are more resources needed, things like that. So the self-care menu is broken up into our appetizer, our main course, our dessert, and a three-course meal. So your appetizer is something small, something bite-sized, something that's that's easy to easier to attain, um, short, uh, something like that. Main course is a little more substantial, a little more filling. Uh, dessert is like a treat. And a three-course meal is when you need all of those things or something more, um, something where you've really been stressed, you've really been like reaching burnout, and you, you're, you're in need of a lot of um, time for yourself. Yes. Yes. 
So Amy and I are asking each other what is on our self-care menu because we know that it changes all the time. So we ask each other every week and we want to make sure that you're checking in with yourself to see what it is you need from this menu, from your own menu, whatever it is that, mm-hmm. you're, that you're in need of. Um, so Amy, what's on your menu? What are you ordering off of the menu? I, I, I think it's a main course. Um, one thing I've been like incorporating into my routine a lot more is reading. Oh my god, is that what you're gonna yes! say? Yes. <laughs> okay, keep going. Um, so I've like I, I was a reader growing up, and then you know, and then like in grad school, like we're forced to read a bajillion pages, and so like once I graduated, I was like, I need to take a break, and that was a really long time ago. So. I've started, like, getting really back into mostly, like, fiction novels, and I've loved it, and I've been, like, in a, in a groove where I'm, like, I've found, I've just been, like, reading some amazing books, and I, like, cannot wait to get home and, like, read some more, and so having, like, this activity that is, like, again, off my phone, um, I get to escape into, like, a little bit of a fantasy world, I just, um, so it, like, brings me so much excitement, yeah. so that is on my self-care menu this week. Oh, that's great. So, like... Is there any anything specific, like a time that you set for yourself to read, or is it just like like a time period in the mm-hmm. day? Yes. So um, I'm trying not to check my email until 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'm doing instead is like I'll I'll get up and like make a cup of coffee, and with my morning coffee I'm reading. And so I'm, like, I have, like, a little cozy reading corner, and that's been, like, such a nice way to start my day, even if it's, like, 15 minutes of of reading before I, like, start getting ready for the day. But that's how I've been starting and then ending my day, like, um, in bed at night reading rather than, like, scrolling through my phone or Mm -hmm. watching TV or something. Nice. Well, my similarity, and I put it as a main course, too, is reading in bed before Mm -hmm. night. Um, Reading in bed before I go to sleep every night. Um... I notice, like, I don't do it every single night, um, and that's something that we've emphasized about self-care is how much it needs to change. But um, but I know that when I do it that I, I, like, I feel like I fall asleep so much easier and then I get a better night's rest, and, like, I just love the routine aspect of it in addition to the loving reading, but totally different. I hated reading as a kid, so <laughs> it was something that I latched onto later. Um, but I agree. Like, I just, like, get so excited about to get in bed and like open my kindle or like open this book um so main course is that and then I also had a dessert and the dessert I was thinking of it popped into my head during our uh during our episode and I was like oh, my dessert and it's something I already told you that I was gonna do but my dessert is going out to dinner with one of my best friends tonight mm, maintaining nice. my adult friendship that mm-hmm. is a treat tonight because like I said a lot of my friends don't live in the same city as me <laughs> so it's a treat because it's happening on a nice weeknight that's so nice yes that's really nice. Um, can I ask what you're reading? Um, well, I actually just finished a book, and like, and I finished Little Women. Mm. Um, and I've never read it. Yeah, no, well, I hadn't either, but I was thinking about how I've always wanted to read it, and I've never seen the movie, the the most recent movie, anyway. And I really wanted to see that, and I have this thing where I have to read the book before I see the movie, obviously. Um, so now I have three other books on my Kindle. One of them, Malibu Rising, which I know you told me to read. Um, chemistry something. Oh, I've seen that. Yes. It's on my list. And then, yeah, there's one other one. So I might be read Malibu Rising next. But it was like I finished it. I finished Little Woman last night, and I was like, should I start the other one now? 
Yeah. And what's yeah. the one you're reading? Uh, I just started reading A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. Um, oh, you finished that Made one? I finished Made. Yeah, I, yeah, I finished Made. Okay. That was that was that was good. Yeah. Um, it was an audiobook. I didn't love the narrator, but like the the book itself was good. But A Good Girl's Guide to Murder is so good. I like can't put it down. And like, if you're into true crime or anything like that, like, it's it it's really it's good. It reminds me a lot of um only murders in the building kind of kind of vibe nice. um so it's really really good and i like just want to finish it it's so well done um so i'm, I'm like i don't know 30 percent through but i like can't stop reading it it's a problem <laughs> but it's really good thanks yeah. all right so think about what's on your self-care menu and order it up yes okay so um before we end i guess it's important to let people know where they can find us yes Definitely. Um, so I am at Catherine Van Eyck on Instagram. You can find Revive on Instagram at RevivecFW. You can find Amy on Instagram at Amy Albero LCSW. Uh, and also Revive's website is revivecenterforwellness.com. And yeah, that, that'll all be in the show notes. Yeah. And um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, please give us a follow. If you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe. And pl- also let us know, you know, what you think of our episodes, what you might want us to talk about in the future, or if there's anything maybe about this topic that you'd like us to talk about a little bit more. Please let us know. We are so open to feedback. We love, have, we have loved hearing from you so far. Thank you. Um, but keep it coming. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Well, we will see you next week, Uh, and we are wishing you well.